Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I am your host, Jennifer Longmore, and I am here with three amazing colleagues that I have invited to come and join a conversation around money. And the reason why we're doing that is because you are running a business basically around your thought leadership. And sometimes when we're thought leaders, we just want to show up in our thought leadership and we kind of hope other people will just take care of business, so to speak, right? And the reality is we're business owners before we're thought leaders as far as, you know, the activities we need to focus on. And everything about our thought leadership business involves money in some capacity. We're either having to pay vendors, we're having to ask for the sale, we're having to chase people who are, haven't paid us, we're paying team members, we're doing all these things. We can't avoid the money conversation. And the money conversation has changed since 2020. So in the spirit of making sure that you're fully served in whatever you need to take away from today, as far as what's next for you with allowing more money and what's next for you in using money as a tool to keep exponentializing your thought leadership, right? Do you need to hire more team members? Do you need to invest in growing your list? What's the thing that money can support you in doing in spreading your thought leadership because your thought leadership is changing lives. And we know in a post-2020 world that we're being called, really called into serving in a much different way. And so money inevitably is the tool that allows us to compound that, but also to make sure that we're fully provided, that we can really invest in ourselves, that we can invest in optimal health and all of the things that allow us to be pristine channels essentially for our thought leadership. So Without further ado, I'm going to ask the panel to uh, introduce themselves to you in case you don't know them or you're reacquainting with them. So Robin, would love to start with you. Hi, so happy to be here. I'm Dr. Robin McKay. I'm an award-winning psychologist and I'm an advisor to spiritual leaders, CEOs, and entrepreneurs. And I just love being here. Happy to talk <laughs> about the, the psychology of sales and who's buying and why they're buying right now in a post-2020 world. Awesome. Thank you. I know we're also going to speak to the psychology of what we need to embody as thought leaders, right, in this post-2020 world around money, but also just around service and how the two are actually interconnected. So thanks for being here. Andrea, welcome. Oh, thank you. My name is Andrea Jensen, and I am an investor. I am a business growth strategist. Um, I own a fractional CFO company where we are boots on the ground working with hundreds of uh, seven, eight figure businesses that are um, doing just what we're talking about today. They're looking at how do they um, navigate today's economy? How do they continue to grow and serve their clients and communities? And I'm excited to talk to you a little bit about what I'm seeing and, and how we're making the best choices possible. Awesome. And what you're not telling people because you're very humble, but what I will say is that the way you're building your business is so impressive that you have been approached unexpectedly by people who want to invest in your company. Mm -hmm. That's a big deal, uh, especially when you haven't put it out there that you're even open to investors, right? So when you're being watched in that regard, there's something super impressive about how you're building your company and how you're serving. So I know you weren't going to say that, <laughs> I'm going to add that in. Thank you. <laughs> so, Thank you. Yes. And last but not least, Mr. Jaden Sterling. 
Hey, Jennifer, thanks so much for having me today. Yes, I'm Jane Sterling, founder of Sterling Stock Picker. I have 35 years of experience in the financial markets as an advisor and a professional investor, and I'm an intuitive. So I help people guide people through businesses and financial matters as a money coach using my intuitive abilities. I'm a channel and I channel a group uh, called The One Voice. And also another humble, <laughs> a humble guy who just did not manage to mention that he won an award for the Sterling Stock Picker. Uh, can you let everyone know about that award? That's a big deal. Yeah. It, actually, thank you. It was a huge deal. It's a the Global SaaS Award. So software as a surface, uh, service. We won for Best Financial Services Company in 2022. And we've thrown our name in the hat for 2023. So we'll see what happens this year. And the reason why, aside from the fact that you built such an incredible product, like I use that product, right? Well, we use that together because Jaden is my financial advisor, everyone. So uh, among many things, uh, but it, you were literally in the running with some gargantuan tech yeah. companies for, for a similar, I won't, I won't say similar product, but in that category, right? So for you to win that award, when you came in as the underdog, so to speak, in an unknown quantity, you, you just didn't have the same name as these other big companies. Like that's, that speaks volumes to the caliber of, of the Sterling Stock Picker. So. Yeah. Uh, into the intuitive approach, right? So because yeah. that's how I built this company from 2017, every step of the way following the intuitive guidance. So it's been really powerful. Cool. Yes. And Jaden has made me a lot of money a few years ago. Well, I don't even know how many years ago now, but as an example, he's like, Hey, I need you to go buy some canopy growth stocks. And I think at the time they were like 66 cents a stock and I bought thousands of them, thousands and thousands, and then sold them for $86 or $87 or something. So that, that was a very fun um, experience. Let's put it that way. And that's just one of the many stocks that that Jaden has uh, helped me to, to leverage and we do some pretty advanced strategies. So, uh, and so thank you for being here. And for those of you that don't know me, I'm Jennifer Longmore. I am the founder of Soul Journeys, which uh, I've had for almost two decades. We have the number one Akashic Record training school in the world. And I'm also the CEO of the Podcast Connector. Uh, and we just happened to win, to win an award this year from uh, one of the most innovative companies to watch. So we're super excited about that. And I'm only saying that because I've called each of you out on saying, <laughs> share your credentials. I'm like, I guess I have to say that too. Anyways, we're here to be of high service to you and to really support you in, you know, how to show up as a thought leader in, in a post-2020 world, specifically around our relationship to money and helping our clients as well with their relationship with money. So Robin, I'd love to start with you because I know you're seeing different Thing. You're just, I, mean, I think we went into 2020 already being sort of fed up with some marketing strategies. Uh, we love to throw bro marketing under the bus. And if you're a bro marketer, we love you as a human. We probably don't resonate so much with that marketing style, even though yes, it works, uh, but not all of us are aligned with that marketing style. So uh, what are you seeing as far as the psychology of thought leaders and how they're currently showing up? in relation to money and expanding their companies right now or not expanding their companies? I've had the opportunity to be up close and personal with a handful of multi-six, seven and eight figure thought leaders over the past couple of years. We've really packed up and had the opportunity to actually gather a few weeks ago with you also 
to really be up close and personal with our businesses and how we all are approaching our relationship with money and our, our relationship with our clients and client attraction. And here are a couple of things that I've noticed is that the thought leaders, the ones who are actually out there in the world doing business well, doing good and doing well in their businesses, I should say. What I'm seeing is that they're very focused on being of high service, first of all. And surprisingly, I haven't seen too much talk about the numbers game. How much do I have to make in order to, we all know that information, of course, but it's not something that we're necessarily focused on on a day-to-day basis. I know that in the conversations I've had with other thought leaders, that they're much more interested in how many people they can influence, how many people they can serve. I I love what you always say, Jennifer, how many prayers can my business answer in a day? And that's something that I think is new coming into, I know 2020 seems like even a lifetime ago, but coming into 2020 and now that we're on the other side of of all of that, really anchoring into the idea that we're here to be of high service, we're here to leave a legacy and to pay attention to what matters most, which is relationships, which is actualization, not just of ourselves, but of the people that we're being of high service to. I love that. Andrea, what are you seeing with your clients as far as how they're showing up in their business? Are they showing up differently in a post-2020 world as far as how they're leading? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that what I'm seeing is a lot of um, different versions of plans being laid. And if this, then that. If this, then that. So they're going into um, growing their business and sustaining the team and the clients and things that they um, they currently have by having plans in place. Because there's a lot of things that are out of our control as business owners. And I think that what has really served them well is to um, be forward thinking on, you know, I'm confident in delivering what I'm delivering, because I know that no matter what happens, I've got a plan in place and I don't have to be reactive to what's happening around me. And I'm able to stay in my leadership, stay in my, you know, uh, you know, thought leadership role and really still serve and reach people because I'm, I'm well structured with the back end of my business. And I don't have to worry about you know, things going sideways because I'm already, you know, have things in place to, to um, counteract that. I love that. And it's reminding me of some people I coached in 2020. I think you would have seen it on a much different scale because you, you have way more people that would have been really affected by 2020. So many people actually had to pivot people that had storefronts, for example, that had always known that they needed to have sort of backup plans, but they didn't because nothing was really that pressing, right? Mm-hmm. Or people that had event-based businesses that now like literally went from six-figure months to zero for months and months and months and had to figure out how to shift that. Uh, I know for me, we just, we didn't actually need to pivot at all. We just needed to amplify. So when everyone else was panicking, I was doubling down on my team, doubling my investments in myself, doubling my investments in the company, ad spend, all kinds of stuff. Uh, And that's really what I think most successful uh, CEOs do. So I'm guessing you've also seen who has the, who's truly able to 
be a thought leader, but also be a really savvy CEO, right? Whoever kind of was able to pivot and or amplify over the last few years and really create a sustainable company, right? And mm -hmm. how many, by the way, how many, well, I, I don't know if you even know the numbers, maybe there's a guesstimate, how many people didn't survive that? What percentage of your clients didn't really survive 2020 very well? Oh, a hundred percent made it through. And some of them cool. doubled their revenue. We, cool. we just went all in on how to support them. And what was beautiful about it was some of them were brick and mortar and they had to come up with plan B and we were able to knock something out right away. And then when things went back to, you know, progressively normal and they were able to open their storefronts again, now they had two really strong revenue streams. So a lot of them did, you know, double what they did prior to that, because just like you said, they had to make adjustments. Um, but what is what they had that I think a lot of the businesses that didn't do as well, they had a financial team to run what ifs. So what if um, I start doing this service, you know, how much, what should I price it at? What's my margins? Is that the right move? So if you've got five choices in front of you on different revenue streams you want to bring to the market, um, you need to be able to run that analysis to know which is the right decision to make. And so by us supporting them on that side of it, they were freed up to be creative and come up with those five ideas. And then we pressure tested it and ran the numbers and off they went. So it was a beautiful, um, you know, collaboration. Mm -hmm. I can see Jaden uh, smiling at that and I'll get to you in a moment, Jaden. I think what's significant about this, and again, what you're probably not going to share with everyone listening is that you came into your business already being super prepped, having been exposed to a family run business, right? You came in really, really understanding business and then you also apply that to growing your own business. So you really do understand business in a very different way than other people do. And so, because not every CFO uh, is going to, or CFO agency is going to have the same capacity to deliver the way you did. And I could see Jaden nodding, and I know he's going to say something in a minute because I we're very connected telepathically. <laughs> but uh, I mean, that that is the epitome of high service. The fact that you were like, not on my watch, 100%. We're not even, we're not even getting out the lifeboats. Like we're just getting all on the big ship and I'm going to hold your hand every, every step of the way, not because I need you to keep being a client so that I can keep my company going, but because I actually care about you as a human. Mm -hmm. And I really want you to come out of this even better than when you went into this and not just surviving, right? Like that, that's significant because I don't know that a lot of companies can say that. Yeah, absolutely. I had at the time, um, my daughter was born in Jan in February of 19. Mm. So when all of this was happening, I had baby in one arm and <laughs> clients on the other, you know, and we really just, we all rallied and, um, you know, it was a beautiful thing to see. And, and, um, you know, and I think it really goes back to, if you are, um, you know, in thought leadership, it's very important to surround yourself with the right team because, you know, just like you said, when, when things do go sideways, you need to be able to lean on them to keep you focused, keep you in your lane, right? You don't want to be pulled into, let me go figure this out versus let me make a phone call or send an email and I've got a team that's figuring it out for me and I can stay and do what I'm here to do, you know, to serve your clients and, and be that thought leader. 
Awesome. Jaden, I know you want to chime in. Yeah, I like what Andrea is saying about stay in your lane. And that's perfect and ideal during this time, because if you think about the narrative is to keep us distracted, get out of our lane, because your lane of genius is is your money source. That's where you're going to bring in. But you can stay in your lane and switch gears all at the same time. And that's what I was kind of chuckling about, because I was thinking about your the metaphor of staying in the lane very powerful and double down in what you're doing. And that's what everyone's saying today on this call so far is, you know, you just, you focus on what has brought you the revenue in the past and will that continue in this modern, I think of it as a modern day society, I, you know, not post COVID or what have you. I just look at it as, hey, we've shifted, we've up-leveled, we're in a new dimension, a new time and space and we have to, within our lane, do things slightly differently. And you know me, Jennifer, I'm, I'm, I'm competitive. I mean, that's just who, who I am. My nature's competitive. So I looked at this time in 2020 and going into 2021, and I said, not only are we going to expand, but I'm going to share the wealth. And we raised $750,000 from private investors during one of the most difficult financial times. And that was basically me proving you know, to ourselves and to our investors that we're going to take this to the many, many levels above where we are. And that's the kind of uh, chutzpah we have to have during this time. It's the kind of uh, urgency. I think we we have to have a tremendous sense of urgency to move forward, um, to build our businesses right now, because it's time. Mm -hmm. And well, first of all, I wouldn't have actually said that you're competitive, but I hear what you mean. You're basically competing with yourself and experimenting and, and seeing what else are we capable of, right? Uh, yeah, competitive isn't a word I would think of. What, you know, If I hear your name, my first thought is, an, oh yeah, that, <laughs> that guy, he's a competitive. Uh, what's interesting about the work that you're doing, what you just shared there, like I, I love that you added that. And part of the reason why I wanted to have you share on this panel today is because I'm really passionate about making sure that thought leaders, lighthouses, whatever we're going to call ourselves, right, are fully resourced. And so, Robin, you help with that to really get out of our own way and understand and like be able to do the inner and outer work that we need to do to really establish a great um, thought, a business around thought leadership. Andrea, you're about let's create versus let's react and let's really make sure that you're solid in your business and, you know, we know how to scale the company effectively. And then Jaden, you're all about compounding wealth and making sure that we're not just relying on our business as a source of income, which in most people's cases, actually, they're running a liability and not an asset. So, so Andrea can speak, I know, to the, how to run the business as an asset, but you're about creating assets irrespective of whether you have a business, if you have a, a job, if you're retired, if you're, you know, got an inheritance or whatever. So knowing that the system is rigged in support of the people that created the system, how do people like us, especially those of us that maybe aren't that savvy with the stock market or, or maybe have some money issues coming up, or maybe we feel like we're not a good thought leader if we focus on the money, how do people like us take advantage of a system that's actually working against us? Yeah, it's a great question. And there's a couple of ways to do that. I'm noticing lately that the collective narrative is the exact opposite of what's happening. 
So I'll give you an example. If you remember early 2020, there was this big freak out around the chips, right? Chips that go into computers and phones and everything runs on chips. And there's the global supply shutdown of the you know, movement of those chips and all these companies are going to go to zero. Well, that was a big lie. It allowed for the professional investors, the money managers, the venture capitalists to go in and buy these chip companies very inexpensively. And just today, Jennifer, NVIDIA is up 25%. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what we're told when they tell us to zig, we have to zag. We have to literally do the exact opposite. And that alone will help someone invest in a way that you're going to actually make a return on your money. So that's the first thing is money is the lifeblood of bliss of business. It keeps the doors open. It keeps the growth, the expansion going. And a couple of things to consider, you know, there's this big hoopla around the banks and failures around large banks. And the insurance is only $250,000 cash in the US. And that's easy to surpass, especially for businesses. So what you can do is shift money from cash accounts into investment portfolios because they're insured up to a million dollars per portfolio. So it's almost like we have to move assets from cash into equities, into stocks. Um, And, you know, that's going to be a big mover in the markets because real estate is becoming increasingly unaffordable with high interest rates, high prices, high valuations. We still have equity markets at reasonable valuations and at any time you can buy stocks below the book value. So shift into thinking that, you know, there's like, if people are concerned about risk, I'd say really consider buying equities because those are the asset, that's the asset class that's going to perform really well going forward. And like you said, Jennifer, it's another, it's just another source of income. It's another source of capital for businesses and it can be leveraged. You can put your IRA up as leverage for a a loan or buying a building. I've done that many times in the past. So you can use assets instead of liquidating them, just put them up as collateral and then buy other assets with that collateral. And then eventually you get your IRA back or 401k or whatever you put up. So there's just so many strategies that are important to look into. I'm happy to share, you know, strategies with people if they're interested in learning more, uh, just connect in with us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I will say, so a few things, one is that Again, another thing you didn't mention, I'm not going to mention the celebrities, but you managed like nine figure portfolios. You had a nine figure, maybe it was 10, was it nine or 10 figure portfolio you were managing when you were doing advising in the US? Oh, several hundred million dollar portfolios. Yeah. Yeah. Very wealthy families. Very wealthy folks. So uh, so now that you're living in Canada, you you actually know both markets really, really well and, and the banking system and the legalities and stuff. So for those of you listening, and I get it because we're not, sometimes we're meant to learn something and other times we're just meant to hire people to help us do the thing, right? And Jaden will be able to help you with both markets. And remind me again, Jaden, how much the monthly subscription is for the Sterling Stock Picker? $29 US. Right. So that's ridiculous, right? 29 US to literally tell you based on your risk tolerance, by the way. So you get your risk tolerance assessed. 
Uh, I, it turns out I, to my surprise, have an actually pretty high risk tolerance as far as investments, right? So I take different different strategies, but if you have low risk, medium risk, you know, moderate, whatever, um, the, the stock picker is going to tell you that and then send you stocks that they know are high performing that are going to make you money, right? That your your capacity to lose money is is almost non-existent, I think, with the sterling stock picker, right? Based on how you've set it up. And I don't just say that, like, I don't get anything for doing this. I genuinely believe in Jane and the product. Jane and I have known each other for a really long time and um, we're super close. So uh, I trust him implicitly. And I only, I put my, I only recommend people where I'm willing to put my own money into that as well, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, but back to, you know, when you were talking a little bit about business and I can see Andrea nodding, I had mentioned we want to come back and talk about what, like, what what's the simplest way to describe I'm running my business as a liability? Like what, what are the markers for that? And I'm running my business as an asset. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, you know, one of the biggest things that we just say over and over and over again is your business is a wealth creation asset. And if you're not setting it up that way, if you're not operating it that way, you're missing out on a lot of opportunities. So for example, you should be just like Jaden said, you should be pulling out those cash, that extra cash you have sitting in your accounts and putting it to work for you. So think of it as having two businesses. One is your operations and the things that you do to generate revenue. And then you put it in your other business, which is your portfolio, and it's working for you as well. So it's you're doubling that um, that energy and the, the effect of what you're doing. So essentially, if you set up your business as an asset, you're, you've got good margins, which means you understand, um, you know, just taking it down to the most basic concepts, you understand the cost to deliver what it is that you're selling. You're doing that at a rate that provides enough cash flow in the business to continue to grow, to bring in more leads to you know, um, facilitate a smooth delivery from you know operations supporting your delivery team. You have money to you know do all the things to safeguard your business. You've got the proper insurance policies in place. You've got the proper human resource policies in place. These are all ways that you're securing your asset and you're really running your business as such. And you're also being proactive. So I know ahead of time that it, you know I make. Um, let's just say 200,000 in profit. I'm going to take a hundred and put it into my working capital account. And I'm going to take a hundred and put it into my investments, or I'm going to move it and make it work for me, or I'm going to invest back into the business. Um, you know, maybe it's hiring more, more team, more staff, or a, a piece of equipment that's going to help me generate more revenue. So that is how an asset works. And that's how you just keep feeding it, right? If you have a liability, that means you're flying by the seat of your pants. You don't have all of these numbers um, mapped out and you're just going at it. And trust me, some of the, the most talented business owners I've seen out there who just have a heart of service, when you show them the other side of like, you could serve and reach more people if you had a stable financial foundation in your business. And just to see that light bulb go off and then to see their business grow, because every dollar that comes in, that means you're helping somebody, you're solving a problem, you're doing, you know, what it is that you're meant to do. And so going from my business as a liability, because number one, it could be 
a lot of business owners just feed cash from their personal account into the business to keep it operating. Um, they might be overstaffed. They might be, you know, spending more in their general and administrative expenses than they should be because they don't have a balanced budget that they're working off of. Things like that. A fast growing company is just going to eat up cash. And if you're not proactive and have a plan and a strategy for every dollar that flows through your business, it's a liability. Um, and it's very simple. And that's the best part of what we do is like, it's very simple tweaks that you need to start implementing that will make massive shifts in your business. And then you start to crave more of that, um, the information, the data, the metrics, the things like that, that you're like, oh, wow, I see the correlation between if I know what I'm doing with my numbers, I can be more impactful and I can serve more people. Hmm. I love that, which brings me to you, Robin, because we've got two people that are actually very necessary to have on your money dream team, right? And then we have stories that keep us from doing that, right? And Andrea, I know you get this, uh, where people don't want to look money in the eyes. And so therefore they can't, they, they know they need you, but they maybe can't lean in because that's going to force them to look money in the eyes. And they're not maybe ready to do that. And Jaden, the same with you, right? Some people really are attached to the story of, I need to be the sole creator and generator of income. And I need to work hard for it. I need to tell everyone how hard I worked for it, or I'm not good with numbers or, you know, like even just the other day, I had a woman applying for coaching with me and she's in that, that she's running a liability, right? She's totally bottlenecked. She's overworked. She's got burnout. She knows she needs to hire a mentor to help her unbottleneck herself. And she keeps saying, I'm not, I'm not a business owner. I'm basically a technician in my company. It's like, well, no, you've been in business for 10 years. In fact, you are a business owner. Uh, you may not be acting like one, but you are a business owner. But as you know, how, how do you imagine that's going to help you create more when you keep denying, you know, that you're a business owner and I'm just all about the service, right? We can be in service and, and all that, but Robin, I know for those of you that don't know, Robin's amazing at helping you, uh, unpack any traumas and and nigglies around creating more money but also helping you elevate into wealth consciousness right so she can can do both so what are some of the things that you're seeing with business owners as far as some of the mindset that they're needing to overcome and what mindset they're needing to adopt in order to truly be running their business as an asset and then also make themselves available to someone like Jaden that can help them compound their assets it's such a great question. And as I was listening to Jaden and Andrea, I was reflecting on how important it is to be securely attached to yourself, to your relationship with money, to your relationship with source. And a lot of times I'm what I'm seeing is that people with the best laid plans with the biggest visions are often the ones who are money blind, who have trauma, unresolved trauma and process trauma around money, around their relationship with money. And to your point, aren't able to look money in the eyes. Money blindness is actually a real thing, especially for those of us who happen to also have ADHD or some other neurodiversity. So those are the kinds of things that we need to look at. And frankly, not just look at, but transform. It almost goes beyond mindset, I would say, and even into the neurological shifts that need to be made so that we can be clear to, in your words, pristine channels for wealth consciousness and for money to flow through, not just ourselves, but our businesses as well. And so, you know, largely the work that I've been doing with people is energetic. It's, it's 
the psycho-spiritual aspects of your relationship with money, your relationship with wealth consciousness, even your relationship with your business, all of these create kinks or kind of compress the ability for money to flow through the business. And if you can't, I think we reach a point where you hit a ceiling simply because you're not willing or able to look at those, those painful experiences that you've had in the past, both personally, but also generationally, genetically, and even on a soul level across, across lives. We have to look at those things, clear them out, transform them, and really reconnect with the highest levels of consciousness around wealth and money. Mm -hmm. Wow. I love that. It also makes me think of, you know, we have more, uh, celebrity centered brands, meaning if we're a thought leader and the whole brand is based around us as a person, and that's literally the name of the company, like robinmckay.com mm -hmm. kind of example, right? There's pros and cons to that. And one of the things that I see when I coach people, and I know the rest of you will see this as well, is when we're building a business around us as a human, right? Uh, it's hard not to take things personally. And yet when we're taking things too personally, we're not detaching and referring it to referring to it as the company, which I heard you say, versus my company, or when people don't pay us or when whatever happens, right? When we're taking that personally, we can't make really sound business decisions because we're we're feeling under attack or judgment or slighted or offended or whatever the thing is, right? It's just more challenging to create from that place. That can happen too for other businesses where again, the CEO, even if it's sort of a you know, the business name is different than the person. People can still take it personally and not, you know, and that's usually a sign, right? Of there's some trauma there or some nervous system work, let's say that needs to be <laughs> happening, right? Or even codependence, right? Oh, with the business. Oh. Even, do we have me? Yeah, we can hear you. Okay. Even codependence with the business as well. When there's an enmeshment, oh. we can even look back at family history and see why that is. You know, business is meant to be neutral, it's meant to be of service to us, I believe. And when we're projecting our relationship with our parents or siblings or something else that's gone on in our lives onto the business, there's going to be a disconnect between what we believe is possible for the business and what's actually happening in the business. I'm always grateful for people like Jaden and Andrea and you too, Jennifer, because you're some of the most non-neurotic, unflappable humans on the planet. You all have such wonderful nervous systems. Andrea, I've just met you, but I can already get a sense. I can feel into the nervous system. And when we have unflappable people on our teams, if we run a little bit more hot in our nervous systems, if there is an ADHD issue or some other kind of neurodiversity to not to over rely, but to create a, a positive and affirming connection with those people, those caretakers. And I don't mean that in a codependent way, but those also I'll call them guardians of business, of our financial resources. I think that that's such a great partnership and that collaboration, I think is something that has changed so much over the past few years, especially now more than ever before. It's important to have trusting collaborations with other people. We're not meant to walk this path by ourselves. Certainly we did that prior to 2020, a lot of us did. And um, one of the greatest lessons is coming into community and being with like-minded and like-hearted people who have a vision for creating a future that is beneficial and beautiful for all of us. Mm. 
I love that you brought up neurodiversity a few times because I think more people have have some neurodiversity stuff, I'll say, that that can impact, we'll just say, not good or bad, but just impact how we run a business, how we do money, how we fill our programs, how we network, how we collaborate, right? And um, and so for anyone listening, if you if you suspect that you have some neurodiversity issues which are impacting your capacity to allow more money, or you have a community where you are absolutely certain that your your community could benefit from hearing Robin speak about that, I would highly recommend that you reach out. You can certainly reach out to us at the Podcast Connector as well, uh, because we just so happen to represent Robin. So uh, we're happy to set that up. The reason why that's important is because for those of us that are, are really committed to getting our clients' results, a lot of times clients are not are able to get results to the degree that they're served in meeting and looking the neurodiversity in the eyes, right? And understanding how to support people that don't fall into the old way that society has conditioned us to move through the world. Super, super important. And I, I know for a fact that all of us have communities with a, with a significant amount of people that have neurodiversity and they're not different. They just, um, they're the way they process the world around them isn't uh it's it's not good or bad it just is what it is right but we also need to know how to serve serve them in a way that they can get the results that they came into our communities to receive so with that in mind robin i know a lot of people are listening and they're wanting to connect with you more deeply and i know that you have a free gift for everyone so do you mind just sharing a little bit more about about that because for everyone listening, once you download that, you're automatically going to be in Robin's community and be able to carry on the conversation with her. I'm so excited to share this actualization accelerator with our listeners. This is, these are 20 divine prescriptions to actualize your heart's desires. And this is all based on my 22 years of developing uh, an actualization method and the, the universal laws that are involved with that, as well as just really practical practices that you can bring into your everyday life in order to create a smooth and clear channel for you to, to, to create the world that you most want to live in. So I know that you're going to put the link in the comments on that, or in the, in the show notes on that. So I'm just excited to share that with all of you. And that is my, my gift to you to accelerate your capacity to actualize the best possible future. Awesome. Thank you, Andrea. I know that you also have a way for people to stay in touch with you and you want to love them up in the process. So by way of downloading the free gift that you have for everyone, that's a great way for them to stay in touch. So can you share a little bit more about the gift that you have for everyone? Sure, sure. I think there might be some business owners listening going, hmm, CFO, what is that? Uh, the beauty of the service that we offer, it's fractional, which means that you get a very high level um, finance professional with their eyes and heart on your business at a fraction of the cost of hiring somebody in-house. And so we have a guide to know, uh, is my business ready to bring in a fractional CFO and how will that help my business grow and help me reach my dreams as a, as a business owner? Mm, love that. And again, for everyone listening, we will absolutely put the links to everyone's freebies in the show notes, because we recognize that you might be on the treadmill right now. You might be in your car, you might be wherever, right. And, and not able to um, download this right away. So we've got you is my point. Jaden, I know you have a, an amazing gift as well for everyone. Do you mind sharing what it is? 
Yeah, I'm happy to. Thanks, Jennifer. So it's if you're someone who is thinking about buying stocks but don't quite know where to start, I put a blueprint together. It's seven steps, the foolproof steps, by the way, to buy stocks and followed up with a three video series on investing. So enjoy. Thank you. And uh, I imagine we're probably going to include some free gifts as well uh, in the show notes. We certainly have a lot to love you up. So I'll just surprise you in the show notes and see what, what we're going to put in there, but definitely supporting you in spreading your thought leadership and also supporting you in elevating your prosperity consciousness as well. So before we wrap up for today, I feel like we still have some things on our heart, some last words that we want to share with everyone listening. So Jaden, I'm going to start with you. Do you have anything, any last uh, zingers for everyone. I do. Money is energy. And if you think of it like air, it's all around you. Re breathe in that energy, receive, become a channel and a vessel to receive that energy. And your money, your money will shift dramatically. Thank you, Andrea. Yeah. I'll, I'll, uh, piggyback on Jaden's comment there because where intention goes, the energy flows and um, if you're being intentional about the way that you're running your business and your business's finances, uh, it's you, it has no choice but to get better and improve and help facilitate you know the growth and all the yummy stuff that comes with that when your business is successful and profitable. It's just such a more enjoyable um, way to experience business ownership. Thank you, Robin. It makes me so happy to go last because this is so perfect. <laughs> Wealth consciousness, attention, intention flow through our nervous system. So it's really important to heal the nervous system, take good care of it, eliminate distractions, just dissolve them and stay focused. But to do that, you really do have to, to take care of the nervous system. So make sure you're doing that. Wonderful. Thank you. I guess what I'll throw into the uh, circle, so to speak, uh, and I shared this before, there's a lot of people since 2020, and I know this because I, I've coached many people that still think there's time to just do, 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 and incrementally sort of kind of one day explore the shift from the business as a liability to an asset. And without guilt, this isn't meant from a place of guilt trip, it's meant from a place of advocacy that we have a duty as lighthouses, as thought leaders to make sure that we're fully resourced. We serve differently when we have a degree of peace of mind. Our nervous system is calmer. We can serve from a different place. We feel safer to receive more people into our spaces and we feel safer to be more visible and so on. And so uh, if we really stand behind our thought leadership, then that also means that we're willing to lean in and do the things that's, that are required of us to truly be able to spread that thought leadership in service to humanity. And that's really the spirit in which this was created for you today. So we would love to hear from you genuinely. What are you taking away, if anything? We would also love for you to share this with everyone in your community because we do feel like it's of high service to everyone that you're connected with. We'd also, of course, love you to leave a review. And uh, when you leave a review, we might just very well be calling out your name and your business uh, as a shout out on our next episode. So a little more exposure for your business as well. Uh, thank you 
everyone for being here. I so appreciate your time. I know your time is valuable. And, and for all of you as well, thanks for listening. You could be doing a ton of things with your time. You chose to make this a priority to really create some, some shifts for yourself. So thank you. We're going to send you off with lots of love and appreciation today. And we'll see you again next time. Bye for mm -hmm. now. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode. Don't forget, if you want to get booked on amazing podcasts, or if you're a podcast host and you want to get connected with some incredible guests, head over to thepodcastconnector.com to learn more about our service. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to leave a rating and a review on iTunes. It truly means the world to us. And extra points if you take a screenshot and tag us on social media so that we can see that you're listening. Thanks again for tuning in. Have an amazing rest of your day and we will chat with you again next episode.